News and reports on SEO. It's Mr. SEO, Joe Bellastrino. This is Joe Bellastrino, owner and operator of MrSEO.com, and welcome to my podcast. Um, Today, I'll be doing another interview with someone uh, in the SEO industry. And today I am talking with uh, Joe White, who is founder of Hybrid SEM. Uh, how you doing, Joe? Pretty good, pretty good. Good to be here. Well, good to have you here. Um, um, so let's get right into it. I'm not really big on the small talk. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about you? Because I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast um uh, are familiar with you, but there there are some people out there that might not be. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, been in the SEO business for a little over five years. Um, I have worked for Fortune 1000 companies, and most recently I've started blogging, gone into the whole blog sphere, um, which has really kind of helped me get my name out there, uh, and that is rockyfied.com. And really, I've just been pushing away and trying to just eat up as much information as I possibly can and uh, contribute to the community as much as I can. And uh, here I am today talking with you. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm big on helping out the SEO community. And, and as we all know, helping out the community takes a lot of time and um, a lot of hard work. But it, it pays off. I mean... I've said this a million times, the reason why I started this podcast was kind of a way to help people who really didn't know a lot about SEO to at least know the basics so that if they did hire someone to do some SEO, they'd kind of know what was real and what wasn't, what was a scam, what's white hat, what's black hat, and it's just evolved to where everyone in the industry listens to it, whether they're an SEO or they're a large company thinking about doing SEO or to do it yourself or who wants to try it themselves, so... Um, bringing people like you in um, kind of make the podcast a little bit more interesting because everybody has their own, you know, specialty, so to speak, on on all aspects of SEO. And one of the reasons why I wanted you here today was because, um, you know, there's social bookmarking is pretty big, and um, yeah. you're really big on that. And um, I wanted to talk to you because you're you you and I, I mean. You and I, I guess, are around the same age, and I, I know a lot of people on SEO, and, and all the a, a lot of old timers that have been in this business like ten years or more. They're not really big on social bookmarking. A lot of them don't know what it is. A lot of them don't know really anything about blogging either. And right. um, I, I think personally, this is the way SEO is going. Where we're starting to evolve, where it's just not optimization. It's it's about social bookmarking. It's about blogging. It's about branding. It's a little bit about everything. Yeah, and and uh, I figured um, we can talk, you know, especially to you about um, the newer generation of marketing a site and and doing some some SEO. Yeah, um, I mean, from what I've seen in the last year and a half, there's just been a huge rush and a huge growth in the whole social media realm, including social bookmarking. Uh, you've got content rating like Dig and StumbleUpon. Um, all these new widgets that are coming out, and they really have a strong effect on SEO. I mean, there's even companies out there that are just doing straight social media optimization. And then you've got your, you know, the, the people like you mentioned that have been doing SEO for over 10 years who are still 
kind of in the rut of doing uh, meta tag optimization and title tag optimization and on-page stuff, which is great and you know it, it does work. But you know, with my motto and the, the motto of hybrid SEM, it, it's all about uh, the convergence of your old and new school. All I right, mean, so it just has a, a huge effect on, on your overall uh, ROI for your marketing campaigns. So, so how, how do you how do you blend old school and new school SEO? Well, I mean, it, it kind of all depends. It's on a per customer basis, really, because each customer has their own needs. They have their own desires and and their own goals for their company, but. Most usually, uh, if, if I'll give you kind of like the cookie cutter kind of breakdown of it, is if a, if a client comes and, and they, you know, want to rank for a couple of really competitive terms and maybe some some longer tail keyword terms, uh, I will still set up, you know, do the normal keyword research and do the, the normal title tag and meta tag optimization because we know as SEO that that's effective. I mean, straight up, out the door, if I took, uh, a a page of my clients and I optimize their title tag for a non-competitive term, uh, within a month I'm almost positive I'll see some type of results from that with just doing the straight on page. But if you mix that up with doing some social bookmarking or community leveraging, uh, you can take that even farther. I mean, other than you could with just standard SEO. And, and most... Uh, usually what I'll do is I'll implement some type of social bookmarking, some type of community leveraging with the accounts that I'll, I'll handle as far as uh, stumbling them or getting them dug or, uh, like I said, social bookmarking them. And, you know, there's a lot of effects that that causes on campaigns. It, it can affect in, in three broad aspects. One would be the overall branding, you know, because if you have 20 social bookmarking links, and then 20 more people pick that up, and then 40 other people put that on their website, you know, that's that's branding. It's search saturation as well. And the link value that comes in from doing things like that, it can grow naturally without uh, your normal standard link development campaigns that you might put into a client, which with the way that these search engines are going, that kind of stuff is becoming old and out of date. Although still effective, you know, with Matt Cutt's new uh, paid uh, link reporting, you know, you definitely can tell that there's a push within Google and most likely these other engines will be soon to follow that they're trying to crack down and make things more natural. So, which is good for the search engines, you know. Well, let's, let's talk about social bookmarking. I mean, you can't bookmark every post. Not every post on a blog is going to be, you know, great enough to socially bookmark. Um, usually, the ones that are really great take a lot of time to put together. Um, right. So, I mean, we, with with that said, we 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 take we we have to get creative and and you know I've I've spoken to people who have sites and just you know want to put them up there. They really don't know. Um, you know, when you go to sites like Dig, you have a title and two or three sentences to describe what it is to get people to go to the site. And and when you work with um, the older generation, I don't want to, you know, stress older <laughs> is bad, but I'm just saying yeah. the older generation, um, especially when it comes to writers, if you are run a magazine or, or a newspaper website and, you know, 
um, writers, you know, what do you, uh, how do you say it? Um, like newspaper writers, they, they're used to writing a certain way, and you can't just, you, I don't think they really know how to write a catchy headline or how to get people interested or put a spin on a, on an article or a title that'll get people to to read it more. I mean, it's it's all in the title. And it's it's all in what you the that few little sentences that you have that will get people to decide whether or not they're going to go click and dig or stumble um your 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 post. Mhm. So, um do you have any, you know, what do you see as like the best kind of posts to say, you know, or um, things that that get dug or stumbled upon that 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 get the best results? Is it, you know, formatting lists? Is it something controversial? I mean, what's what what in your opinion is like the best the best way to go that gets the best results? Well, to touch upon uh, the newspaper people, I, I think that uh, you know. When you watch Dateline or you watch these NBC Nightly News, you know they have a certain way about them. You know, they're very cut and dry. They're not very imaginative. And the way that social media marketing and the new wave of SEO is going is more on the lines of, uh, I mean, SEOs are really now actual Internet marketers. We're really marketing to people as Back in the day, we're just targeting on keyword terms. Now we're building these sensationalized titles for Dig, and we are literally marketing content to the masses. So it's it's a little bit different than than your old school stuff, where you would just say, okay, this page is about uh, power tools. I'm going to put power tools in my me- uh, meta tag, and then just have a bunch of links back to power tools, and now we'll rank for power tools. I mean, it's it's a lot more involved. Uh, some of the downfalls I see with with Necessarily, necessarily the newspaper people, but with a lot of different bloggers, is that yeah, their titles are very sensational, and it's important to to mix things up and, and entice people because it's what we call in the industry as title bait. You know, basically, it's something that catches your eye and will make someone click on that link and then read the article. And as far as developing content for the social media, I think you have to look at what the community is. For instance, uh, like if UMOZ from SEOMOZ is, is, in my opinion, a a new form of social media for blogging. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if more blogs start picking something like this up. But they have a section where users can actually post their their own blog posts. Well, if you go onto that community and you post something about uh, automotive cars, you're not going to make it. You know, no one's going to sum up you. They're, you're not going to get onto the home page of the actual main blog. So you have to market to the community that you're trying to uh, appeal to. For instance, with Dig, you're probably going to want to go with something technology-related, uh, Apple, Macintosh, something about iPods. Um, even even talking about Dig usually gets dug. <laughs> Right. So uh, you, yeah, you really gotta, you really need to focus on a community. And one piece of content that you develop is not going to be widely accepted on a slew of different communities. For instance, like Newsvine, they're really, really popular. Uh, it's a great site. It's a great community. Um, but you wouldn't talk about SEO per se there. You probably want to talk a little bit more about politics or maybe more on the lines of Microsoft 
um, on that particular website. So you, you, have to, you have to market to the communities and you have to target your audience. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people, that they don't understand. You know, they, they think that, okay, I'm just going to write this post and then I'm going to dig it, I'm going to stumble it, I'm going to put it on Delicious, I'm going to, you know, put it on Newsvine and now I'm a social media marketer. And that's not it. You know what I mean? Because when you submit your content to these engines, you also want to write for it. You know, like I said about targeting your audience. Uh, Dig does do well with lists, like you mentioned, you know, like the top 10 uh, reasons why you should podcast. You know, that would probably do pretty well on, on something like Dig. Um, so, so really, something else that you want to think of, about is that not every single post that you're going to do on your blog is going to be, you know, diggable. Not, it, it's it's in, almost impossible to keep up with your blog and make every single piece of content get to the home page of Dig. I mean, that it just seems, I, I've never seen that. Um, it, it, it just doesn't happen that way. So when, when you talk about Dig and StumbleUpon and all these other social bookmarking places, um, what what's the key to success? I mean, do I need if if I'm uh, if I'm gonna do something on Dig, should I work on building my you know my community? Do I need to start adding friends? Do have you know does having more friends help me than having no friends and bookmarking? I mean, is how my profile setup gonna affect the way um, you know my 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 bookmarking goes? I mean, does any of that have effect of whether or not I'm going to be successful on these sites or not? Well, I think it absolutely does, and that's a really great question because, I mean, how can you really be effective within a community if you're not an avid contributor? So usually you'll find social media marketers who are really niche-specific in, in what they do because, as you can probably tell, it's really hard to to be an avid contributor to 20 different social media communities. So the best way that if you're going to do it for, let's say, let's talk about StumbleUpon. Uh, I've had a lot of success with StumbleUpon, and it's relatively pretty easy. It just takes time and effort. So what you would do with StumbleUpon is, you know, you would customize your, your, your page. Give it like a customized look, branded even if you can. Um, that way it doesn't look like just some generic page. You know, it looks like you've actually put some time into it. Uh, make sure you join groups. Uh, you know, you can join anything that you like, if you like books, if you like certain kind of books, uh, if you like Metallica, if you like Incubus, whatever. Make sure you join that because that's just giving you more exposure. Uh, put, try to put in as much information about yourself as possible, your age, where you're located. I, I, I do that. It helps people just kind of get a sense for you. And also when you do specify things like that, if people are doing searches within a, a particular geo-targeted area, then you show up. Um, with StumbleUpon, you can only have 200 friends and then you max out. But absolutely, uh, what I've done is I've maxed that out. I've maxed that out probably within the first week that I, I had my StumbleUpon count. Uh, what I would suggest is, is if you really want to be an effective social media marketer on StumbleUpon is find those people that are really active and become friends with them. Because if you just go out and you join, if you get friends that aren't active at all, 
when they subscribe to your page and you stumble something, if they're not an active user, then they're not going to actively be clicking on your links or viewing what you have stumbled. So it's important right. that your friends, you know, obviously are active members. And right, because if they stumble it and they're they're popular, then people might stumble what they stumble. Exactly, and and that's kind of how it works. It's really what what I love about Stumble Upon is that immediately you see results. Uh, if you stumble something after you know you build up a, uh, a power profile and you check your analytics, you're going to see a rush of traffic there. Now, oftentimes does Stumble Upon lead to links? Um, it all depends. It, it, it kind of the the community is a little finicky about that. Um, not every single person is a blogger. Most of the people on there, um, I'd say at least 50% actually use StumbleUpon as their blog where they post photos and et cetera. But it's a great form of traffic. It's a great form of branding. Um, it's just a great tool overall. And I have seen a lot of links come from StumbleUpon. Not as many as Dig, but but still, StumbleUpon is a, it's a, it's a great tool. So these, all these social bookmarking sites, I mean, is there a particular – market that it wouldn't work for? Like say, if you're a corporate company and you're interested in doing social bookmarking because you think that's the new age of, you know, getting links or or, or building, you know, a brand or whatever, I mean, it, I mean, is, is this the way to go? I mean, if, if I'm a big corporation and I'm thinking, okay, I want to I wanna get into social bookmarking, you can't really half-ass this. You have to actually do and go and build a community. You actually have to go and participate. You can't just throw your brand up there and sit up there and expect people to come to you. It, it, right, exactly. I mean, unless like a Pepsi, you know, or something like that. Uh, you know, there's. I feel that there's a certain amount of of brand recognition that kind of precedes you wherever you go if you're at a certain level. But uh, again, like let's say. Someone from Pepsi stumbled Pepsi.com. Uh, will that get to the front page of Delicious? No. Uh, you have to market to your community. So what you probably want to do if you're a Pepsi is is definitely get involved in your community or or hire an outside firm that already does this, which probably might be beneficial to a larger company. And then you'd have to create something controversial or that is a strong contribution to the community and or something maybe like a game or something that's really interactive and really virally stimulating. And that's kind of like a form of link bait. Uh, ProNet Advertising did something like this where they created uh, this flash game with all these leaders in search. Um, and it was like this boxing game. So like you'd have like uh, – one of the founders from Google going off of one of the founders from Yahoo, and then you'd be fighting each other like in a boxing ring. Uh, and to kind of figure out who would win, there would be questions that came up uh, after every punch. And it was it's a pretty funny game. And uh, it, did, it did pretty well. It did pretty well. I think it probably could have done better than what it did. But, uh, you know, overall it was it, – it, it's a great form of link bait. So as far as larger – being effective with social media, I think they absolutely can, but they have to market to their community. And secondly, uh, not everything, not every single website out there is going to be diggable. You know, for instance, like if uh, a tax company came to me and said, 
hey, we do taxes and we want to be on the first page of DIG, I'd say, wow. Um, I'd probably turn them down, most likely, unless they, you know, we brainstormed and went out with something that was just really, really, really interesting to the community. But most likely, I would probably turn them down just because that stuff's so dry. It's not interesting at all. And I'm not going to, you know, put my reputation on the line for something I know is going to fail. And that's something that, as a social media marketer, you have to understand and you have to get that message across to your clients. Because if I just started stumbling anything on StumbleUpon, then slowly my profile power will go down, less people will view my pages, and my profile will be less effective. So, you know, not every single niche is going to be effective for social media marketing. You know, maybe uh, as far as social bookmarking goes, I think that there's still value in social bookmarking with something like a tax website because we can still get enough people to bookmark something. You know, if if you obviously April, you're going to need a tax attorney, right? Well, we could come up with something by really stimulating or an educational piece and then we could just, I'm sure that a lot of people would probably actually bookmark that on maybe like a blog marks or, uh, you know, possibly that could even go on to Newsline if we wanted to appeal to that particular community. So again, it's about knowing your community and uh, going after it. But it's uh, it has to be a contribution. If it's not, it's not going to do well. Right. So social bookmarking, it, it depends on what we're trying to target, uh, who we're trying to target, um, and what we say. And usually when people bookmark stuff, I mean, I've seen people bookmark pages of a website. So typically most people will bookmark a blog. You know, they'll socially bookmark a blog. And, you know, I keep talking about corporate because I see more and more corporate companies trying to get involved in the whole social bookmarking, the whole blogging aspect of, you know, I, I think I think smaller businesses and, and entrepreneurs, they, they, they understand a little bit more on how to keep, you know, to the – keep things on a personal level. That's what the blog is about. You have your corporate presence or your business presence, which is your website – and then you have your your personal level where you reach people and where you're accessible. And I see a lot of corporate sites trying to mimic it, but doing it very poorly by writing, you know, bland, you know, bland copy, not really getting involved in in the community, not really trying to um, get people involved in what they're saying, trying to get feedback and 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 try to build a community. And and I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I think if you build a good blogging community, that that kind of goes over into social bookmarking and vice versa. If you build a good social bookmarking, you know, arena, you know, atmosphere, that it it, it kind of spills over into your into your into your blogging community. Um, but it, it just seems like co- corporations just don't get it right. I mean, in your opinion, do you think um, you know blogs? How we talked about blogs before we started doing this podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. what what's what what makes a what makes a good blog good for 
social bookmarking? I mean, should it be just all information? Should it be more impersonal? Should it be strictly business? I mean, should it be more lightheartedness? Or, or you know, what's 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 a good mix of having a, a blog that's professional enough but still good enough to be socially bookmarked? Well, I, I think that's a that's a really good question, and I think the first thing that I would look at if I was presented with um, a client would be what their audience is. Now, if it's, um, you know, let's say lawyer, uh, some kind of lawyer or attorney firm or, or or something that I kind of just got the overall feeling that they were a little uptight, a little corporate, uh, that they're obviously trying to market to perhaps upscale community uh, that have a lot of money. And most likely I would not approach any type of blogging from a an aspect where I might be cracking a lot of jokes or putting too much of a personality within that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if I am talking with lawyers who deal more with the common folk, uh, I, I would probably put a little bit more personality into the blog. Uh, there's a, a lot of things that I think could could that you could do for a blog to make it successful. Uh, one is the way that you write, obviously. Uh, getting your opinion across, making sure that uh, you get your message across in the most effective manner. Again, being and an offering contributions to the community. Yeah, information is great, but there's some other things that you could do to make a, a, a good blog. You could do polls. Uh, we talked about that a little bit early, uh, a little bit earlier. Um, you can offer free gifts. Um, you can uh, put interesting different widgets on your blog. You could do a podcast. You could even do a video blog every now and then, which I think is really marketable to the larger corporations because it's it's like a free commercial almost if you look at it that way. Let's say um, a, a, a very corporate uh, company contacted me and wanted some type of social media optimization. And if I felt they were really bland and really dry, I might appeal to video optimization, which is still the social media side, but there's it, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, I might have them do educational videos, and we'd watermark it, and then we would blog post it. Now, we would probably also put that across YouTube and the different uh, Blink X and, and the different... Uh, video uh, viewing websites like Broadcaster, et cetera. And what's great about that is if you have community leveraging within those particular sites, then you can get more traffic to those. More people will view it, comment on it. They'll share the video. People can repost the video. And before you know it, you have that particular video on, on hundreds of different websites, and it's getting X amount of views. You know, it could be getting... 10,000 views a month or more, and that's branding that a company is going to have that, what, costs them maybe 20 minutes of their time and then not very much money to get it um, in production and then optimize, you know. It, it's Video optimization, I think, is, is one of those niches that's really, really becoming really popular in the SEO industry. And not just the SEO industry. Obviously, it's becoming popular with users. Uh, I think a recent study from eMarketer said that uh, the average 
user is spending, I think it was like 10 or 15 hours or more a month on just watching video, which, I mean, speaks volumes on, on the usage of video. Don't quote me on that quote. I, I believe I read it just a couple of days ago. I, I'm not going to hold you to it, Joe. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, before we get back into the video optimization, um, we were talking about blogging and, and how to make blogs um, a little bit more um, towards social bookmarking. And, and I notice a lot of people, what they do is, um, you know, there, there's a lot of services out there where you can put one button and it allows you to, you know, people visit your blog to socially bookmark your pages, right? Um, you know, some of them have like t- 10 services, 15 services that you can access just by one button so you wouldn't have to totally have your, you know, the bottom of your post littered with, you know, social bookmarking icons. But mm-hmm. th- there's there's some things that I see that people don't take advantage of, and I'm going to throw some out there, and, and maybe you have some of your own that you can add. But mm-hmm. I was working with a potential client actually um, yesterday, and um, they were all they're all into the social bookmarking thing, and they want to do it and all that, and they use FeedBurner. But one oh, thing yeah. they weren't taking advantage of with FeedBurner is FeedBurner also has things that allow you to put little social bookmarking things inside your feeds. That, right. that make it easier for people to socially bookmark so people can dig it. A lot of people don't take advantage of, you know, um, you know, FeedBurner has a subscribe to this feed where you can sh- just drop your email in there and every time the feed's updated you get shot an email. Um, mm-hmm. Those things, I think, are, you know, things that people oversee, you know. Um, do you think, I mean, are, are there any of tips that I might be missing that would help um, make things easier to social bookmark? If, here's a good question. If if I wrote a post and I thought it's really diggable or stumble, that people can stumble it, should I be the first one to go do it or should I have someone, should someone come to my blog and, and do it? You know, some people say it's unethical if I stumble or dig my own post. Eh, you know what, there's, that is a heated topic. And um, in my opinion, um, if I created something that is really valuable to the community, why would I not stumble it? That, that's kind of my opinion. But the opposite opinion of mine, adversely, uh, t- technically doesn't do well. So if, let's say, I created a post and then I dug it myself, most likely it's not going to do well. Uh, very seldomly should you dig, stumble, or social bookmark your own things. You will probably, what you want as a, so, all social media markers, what they should do is build up their community account and then use that for others, use that for marketing. Um, what I would do if I wasn't into social media marketing, what I would probably do is find someone that did have a, a good account you know, and that all it all comes back to networking. And while you're building up your social media accounts, like if I'm really getting into uh, into um, dig, I'm gonna notice who gets onto the homepage, and I'm gonna try to be friends with them. Not I'm not gonna hit them up and say, hey, I'll pay you to dig something for me because well, that would. Well, well, what's wrong with asking somebody to pay? If you if you you know were up there and you were big on SEO and I seen you had a lot of people up there. 
what, would it be wrong for me to hit you up and say, hey, Joe, here's 50 bucks if you dig this for me? Is that is that not business? I mean, you know, or... Well, it's against take- it's against the terms of service, first of all. So if you, you if you do, and then, you know, there are other, there's a service out there that, that promotes uh, paying people to dig things. But, you know, generally what I would say is stay as far away as you can from offering uh, offering money for digs. Just stay away from it. The community doesn't like that. Uh, you have to remember the community that you're marketing to. So, you know, the community at Dig is real sensitive about that kind of stuff. So I would definitely not suggest doing that. Uh, and they notice that too. Like if you're always digging your own blog, people in the community are going to notice that and they're going to just think that you're, uh, you know, self-promoting yourself all the time and they're not going to give you the time of day, whether or not your content is great. So I would try to try to just network. It's all about networking, finding out people that uh, also have a dig account. You know, when when things when you actually put up a post and you think it's great, hey, you could always IM them or share a dig with somebody or you could show someone a stumble on stumble uh, upon. You can actually send a page to a friend and when they hit the stumble button, they'll stumble upon that. Now, you're not telling them that they have to thumbs up or they have to thumbs down or they have to write a review, but, you know, you're putting it in front of their face and you're letting them know that, hey, look at what I found or look what I did. And that's, on a personal level, if uh, you were putting out a blog and you weren't doing social media optimization through a service, then I would definitely uh, suggest going about it as professionally as you possibly could. Just, you know, so you don't hurt yourself in the long run. Right, right. Okay, so we talked about social bookmarking and kind of the whole point of getting out there and building a community and being a part of it and and all that. How how is how does is does that go hand in hand with building a, a blog audience or building a blog community? Will, will that help? And if it does help, what other things can people do to help build their blog audience? Because if they build their blog audience, then there's more opportunities for other people to stumble or dig their their you know social bookmark their posts. Uh, that is. Actually, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because just recently I uh, developed a white paper that talks directly about how to build your community, your blog community. Um, it goes through different steps on how to optimize your RSS subscribers, how to gain more RSS subscribers, uh, how to turn uh, uh, unique visitors into returning visitors, it talks about different plugins that would be really beneficial for your blog. Uh, it talks about different techniques that you can use to start generating more comments onto your blog. And uh, you know, it, it's really great if you go to hybridsem.com. Uh, there's a section called White Papers, and it's called the Ultimate Blogging Survival Guide. Uh, check it out, everybody. It's it's a it's a pretty good read. I think you'd learn a lot from it. Uh, uh, I'll, what, end, what I'll do is. Um, when I post this podcast up, and I'll put a post on the on the Inside SEO blog, and I'll I'll throw a link on there to it. So that, oh, cool! Uh, Thank you. Yeah, this way it's easier for people to find it because I've actually took a look at it, and it's pretty informative. So it's certainly some you know people should take certainly take a look at and and read. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's definitely, I think it answers all the questions that you, well, the questions uh, as as in-depth as possible um, to the question that you just posed. So okay, instead of awesome. me just sitting here for four more hours going over that, I think it would probably be best for them just to check that out. Okay, so um, we should probably wrap this up. I wanted to, I had a bunch of questions here, and, um, hmm, well, I guess, I guess we should wrap it up. Is there, is there anything that we missed or anything that you wanted to talk about that I happened to skip over? I, I know we talked about video optimization. Um, that, that, that's what I wanted to mention. So, um, let, let's say you're a big company and you had a video and you wanted to get people to come to your site, okay? And let, let's say you had a video and you put it up on YouTube. And you're, you're not really going to get a link from them. You're going to get views. So would, would it be would it be bad? Would, pe- would the people in the community look at your video bad if you say you did a two-minute video and on YouTube you only put the first 30 seconds up and made people come to the site to check out the rest of it? Would that be good or would that be seen as bad by the people at YouTube or Google Video because people want to see the whole thing and then have to go to your site to see the rest? Um, I think it's all about who you're marketing to again, but um, I've used that technique uh, a lot actually. I was doing um, a company that dealt with skincare, and uh, as you can tell, it's still kind of a pretty boring subject, but we did... um, like a a product progression where someone came in and they would apply the cream and then you know they do a little bit of an overview of the person and then they they invited them back week after week after week and we did cut it off at a certain point and then had people come to the site it did get a lot of views uh, a lot of people did come to the site it converted well so that technique it does absolutely work but maybe something like that might work well on like a MySpace. Um, I think that would probably work pretty well on a MySpace uh, depending on who you're marketing to and what your product is. Uh, if, if you kind of just want to create buzz in the industry, uh, you can do all of that probably more effectively if you leave the whole video. For instance, I was watching this this David Blaine uh, thing on YouTube and the, it's actually not David Blaine. It was a spoof about him. And... Uh, you know, just the amount of views that came in to watch that particular video were a lot more. Obviously, it's a different type of video, but it's a lot more than than the technique that we used with the, you know, showing something interesting and right before something interesting happens, you it cuts watermarks and says go back to the site to to check it out. I mean, that's a great technique, but to really build a brand and to build an online audience for video viewership. Uh, I would suggest sticking it out longer with sites like YouTube. I would say, you know, put up a bunch of of different sites. Maybe create a character, create funny videos or something that's informative. Uh, Maybe uh, SEO Moz, they do a weekly, uh, I think it's called the Friday Whiteboard. They put the full video up. It's great Uh, instead of having to redirect people. That gives, that opens the door to a lot of other things. Like, for instance, I most likely wouldn't take a video that's been cut off after 30 seconds and republish that on my site. Right. I would probably view it on YouTube. I'd probably click through, but that's about it. With something like uh, like the Friday whiteboards that Rand does over at SEO Moz, 
you know, that gives people the ability to republish that all over the Internet. And if they do, that's branding, that's links. If, most likely if they post a video, they'll probably post a link, you know, most likely. And um, it's exposure. So you got to weigh things out. But, uh, you know, definitely different, different, there's different techniques for video optimization, and, and both of them are equally effective depending on what market you're going after. Right, right, all right. Well, that's 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 great information. I mean, you know, you weigh both sides. You know, and there's one. You know, you can get a lot of click-throughs with a short video, but keeping a full video would certainly, you know, help brand. And like, you know, Rand does. I mean, if people see keep seeing these videos and they know every Friday is when the next video comes out, they'll go to the site and check it out, or they'll check yeah. out the rest of the stuff that he offers. So, it's yeah. um. You know, we've we've tinkered that we've tinkered around with that here at uh, Mr. SEO. We've done some online tutorials about you know mm -hmm. how to create an XML sitemap, how to get unbanned from Google and stuff like that. So it's certainly um, it's certainly good to put the whole video out there, especially if you're trying to brand yourself, and especially if you have a lot of material where you're constantly creating um, content. There's always you know um, there's more opportunities to put out some more content and some more videos with it. Right. So, yeah. All right, Joe. Um, I guess that's it for this episode of MrSEO.com's podcast. So check out Joe. Uh, your website is uh, HybridSEM.com? HybridSEM.com, yeah. And uh, my blog is also uh, RockyFied. It's Rocky like R-O-C-K-Y-F-I-E-D.com. Right, everybody blog. should check it out. Joe, Joe blogs on there. A lot. I usually, I check out, read your blog all the time, so it's um, it's pretty. Likewise. So. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I check yours out all the time too. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, thank you very much for doing that guest blogging spot on my blog just recently. Really appreciate that. Uh, it's no problem. It's my pleasure. It's always nice to um, work with other SEOs. I'm big on working with other SEO people because you know you learn from them. They learn from you. You learn from them, and it just. Yeah. It, it makes you a better person, you know, a better, you know, SEO person, better marketer, you know, you learn a lot from people. So it's it's always nice to to work with people and and you know, branch out. So I it was certainly my pleasure to do that. Oh, thank you. So um thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. This concludes this episode of the Mr. SEO podcast. Please subscribe to the Mr. SEO Podcast via iTunes. It's the quickest and fastest way to find episodes as soon as they are made available. Also, check out our site, MrSEO.com, which is MR-SEO.com. There you can find online video tutorials, articles, check out our message board, and much more. Also, if you visit our blog, which is MR-SEO.com slash WordPress, there you will find a list of article sites that you can submit your article to, free one-way non-reciprocal directories, also a list of uh, websites to submit your podcast to, as well as free press release sites and list of social bookmarking sites. The blog is full of a lot of great, useful information. Also, for our listeners, if you're looking to purchase domain names or hosting or any other related services, check out mr-seo.net. There we have domain names listed as low as $1.99. If you have any questions and comments about the Mr. SEO podcast, please contact me, Joe, at mr-seo.com. That's Joe at mr-seo.com.
reached the end of the show. Come back again for the man of the know. He's Mr. SEO, Joe Bellastrino.